Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Still got any of your uh, low-rise jeans in the closet, Lucky? From the early 2000s? <laughs> uh, no. Your but, hip huggers? Uh, but most of my jeans now don't really get... the wa- As the waist expands, <laughs> it's tougher to get them up as high. So I guess they're becoming low-rise. So you're not going with your uh, Christina Aguilera dirty look? Oh, wow. Do you remember those remember jeans? Remember that? Yeah. There oh, was I, a picture I remember. Uh, at the Hard Rock. Going upstairs to mm. the Hard Rock Cafe right at the top. Right. That, that cover... Was right there. Uh-huh. And it, uh... Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah, I wonder where that poster ended up. Some dude's bedroom. <laughs> Some dishwasher from the hard rock. Yeah. Uh, well, all of that stuff is coming back, according to style experts. The fashion from the early 2000s, including the low-rise jeans. Uh, vintage Y2K stuff include low, uh, low-rise cargo pants, halter tops, and baby tees. Okay. All making their way back. Well, that's good for us because sure. most of our wardrobe still comes from that era. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging yeah. on to shirts from that day. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, you go back and you look at some photos from whenever, like when my kids were young or whatever. Maria was going back and during the first round of this pandemic when mm. she was off of work, she was cleaning out boxes and emptying photo albums and sorting stuff. So we'd be going through a bunch of pictures, and I'd see things from like 20-something years ago. And i go, Jesus, I'm still wearing that sweater. <laughs> I still have that T-shirt. But then you'd also do the opposite. you go, what happened what to happened that? To that I one? loved that shirt. <laughs> you threw it out because you knew I loved it. I'm still wearing that ugly gray sweater that I hate, but that black one I love. Uh-huh. You also see how truly you are aging. You know, you look in the mirror and you think, hey, I'm holding on. Yeah. And then you see a photo of yourself from about when you're about 33, 34. Oh, man. Like I was just a kid. Top of my game. <laughs> <laughs> just completely downhill from there. It's pretty hard to tell exactly when you become middle aged. And maybe it's more of a feeling than a specific age. But a bunch of people were asked when they believe they're going to hit middle age or if they've already hit it. And 47 seems to be the number that people most associate with okay. middle age. Seems like we're stretching that out a bit. And pull that back. You double that up, you're getting into your high numbers there. Oh, 94, yeah. yeah. that's... Uh, mm. I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd pull that back down to say, eh, maybe 43, 42, 40. Uh, I don't know. If someone passes away in their early 80s, you, these days you say, well, it's a bit young. Yeah, I, I think I think 80 and up, you kind of go, okay, good run. You know, yeah, in their 70s, maybe you still kind of see them as being young. But mm. I guess the older you get, like if I hit 85 and I'm still feeling good, about, like, yeah, yeah, I'm young, I'm young, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> Way too young. Uh, but uh, most common answer is about feeling middle age rather than the exact age. Uh, feeling stiff. Okay. Groaning when you bend down. Yeah, you got that? Check, check, yeah. <laughs> Just following along with the tick marks here. Uh, picking comfort over style with uh, your clothes. Looking down, yes, okay. <laughs> Thinking police officers, teachers, and doctors look really young. <laughs> oh, my God, the teachers. Yeah. So young now. I know. I got shoes that are older than some of those teachers. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Even even our doctor, Dr. Downer. He's oh, a young-looking yeah. dude. Uh-huh. Uh, hating loud bars. Uh, yeah, yeah, too crowded now as well. Needing an afternoon nap. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I've been taking those since I was in my mid-20s. 
knowing your limits when it comes to drinking. Uh huh. Hoping you get asked for ID. <laughs> <laughs> and giving people speeches on saving and investing. <laughs> check, 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 check. Have you ever woken up in the morning after a one-night stand, taking a sober look at the person in broad daylight and thought, wow, I'm never doing this again. But then you did it again a few weeks later? Well, regretting one-night stands doesn't really mean men or women are stopping from having one-night stands if they had one that was uh, not the best or regretful. In other words, if you're either a one-night one stand person or you're not, and no amount of regret will change that. Once a dirty birdie, always a dirty birdie. <laughs> <laughs> but it is said that's true of all things. Uh, you can regret doing many things. Uh, and if your personality is such that it uh, you're one to go back, you know, like if you... If you eat a lot of bad food, right, right, you, you feel sick. You're like, I'm never doing that again. Or the classic getting hammered and throwing up and, oh, the hangover, I'm never doing that again. Right. But you do it again. Right. You've either got that personality or you don't. Yeah. And I guess there's, there's some who just kind of dwell on things a bit longer uh, as well, right? You go back and think about it and say, mm. oh, no, I'm not going back there. It is very, uh, the one night stand, which listen, I have been uh, with the same woman for a very long time. So uh, it has been uh, many decades since Craigie ventured into that world. And very rarely that I did. Because back then, I know this seems foreign. We used to go out on dates. Right. <laughs> so go have like a meal and talk and get There's to know somebody. A courting. Yeah. Instead of just, hi, my name's Bill and my pants are off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Bill. I don't even know if they get that far. <laughs> better, better not to know yeah. no names. Sharing the name is too much information <laughs> these days. But, uh, but I always thought it was an odd thing in that we will speak to somebody on a subway or public transit. We'll, get, you know, we'll avoid people at all costs. Right. But we're more than willing to drop our clothes and bang our nasties with a stranger. <laughs> a lot of times alcohol's involved. Yeah, oh, yes. In, yes. Inhibiting the, the decision. Yes. <laughs> or at least inhibiting the chance to say, mm, I don't know if I want to be doing this. So once all this COVID stuff and lockdowns and all these things are done and bars are up and running again, if you were a one-night stand person, you're going to be right back at it. That Shaq is a good guy. He was uh, in a jewelry store in Atlanta. He was in buying some earrings, and there was a guy at the counter who was asking how much he still owed on an engagement ring that he had on layaway. So Shaq walked up and just offered to pay for it. Wow. The guy didn't want to accept. Of course, you don't say no to Shaq. <laughs> um, they talked about it. He eventually agreed. Supposedly, Shaq didn't intend the story to get out. He just wanted to make uh, somebody smile. But someone was filming him in the store, of course, so they put it on social media, and it went viral. And he explained that he saw the guy. He was just so shy, he said. He was saying, how much do I owe to pay off this ring? He was a young kid, a hardworking guy. I said, you know what? Tell your girlfriend I got it. Uh, you go take care of her. He told the man not to worry. He does it all the time. It's Very awesome. nice. Yeah. There's a great video, uh, if you haven't seen it. It's, it's, it's older now, but it was a cop uh, I think it was in Florida, but um, anyway, there was, he was responding to a noise complaint about mm. kids playing basketball outside, and uh, he showed up and said, listen, I don't have a problem with this. Just try and, you know, mm -hmm. keep the screaming down to a minimum. And then he showed up later. Like, he turned out, they called him the basketball cop, but he showed up later to play a game against the kids and brought Shaq with him. Oh. And Shaq played. And That's great. And then had all the kids line up to take a free throw. 
and uh, and said gave them each a hundred bucks if they could make a free throw. Uh, which you know he would have had pressure doing <laughs> when he was playing, right? Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I made sure they all did. Gave each, each of the kids a uh, uh, hundred bucks and nice. probably you know doled out a few grand in order to do that, and then you know gave them a little bit lesson about listening to authority and their parents and their elders and and uh, staying in school. Talked about how he made seven hundred million dollars after coming from a background much like theirs. Um, in the in the same kind of neighborhood growing up, so and the one kid says, "And you only give me a hundred bucks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who's going to tell Shaq to be quiet outside? Hey, shut it, shut it down there, Shaq. And Get you want to talk about a guy who's you know monopolized after uh, after leaving the sport too? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still doing uh, TV commentary, yep. uh, still doing movies, still doing tons of commercials. I mean, almost every other. <laughs> stop set you'll see a, an ad for with Shaq doing something if it's epson computers and or printers and the like i guess this buying stuff for people is a, a common deal for Shaq because i guess he did it recently in a furniture store as well there was a woman who has an autistic daughter and they were buying furniture there and he did the same thing just picked up the tab on her furniture i just follow Shaq around <laughs> wherever he goes it's cool because you know i think for many you you wish you had the money to to help out Mm. Like that, and do just fun little charitable acts like that, where it's it's not about you know the the notoriety of it or the publicity of mm. it, and it's it's just about hey, I was just in a store, so I have the money, you don't, I can help you out. It's a shame that there are aren't more people like Shaq because there's a lot of people who have his type of money and they don't do anything like right. that. Well, so. maybe the problem is that, you know if you do it too much, then you will get people who just follow you looking for handouts. Tom Brady was on Good Morning America, and he says, hmm, that throwing of the Lombardi trophy might have been a problem. <laughs> In retrospect, you know, hindsight, 2020 and all. Yeah, the throwing back a few extra drinks beforehand was probably the bigger problem. I guess it shows how good of a quarterback he is, though. The fact that he was on that bouncy boat throwing that trophy across hammered, and he still got it straight. It's pretty good. Anyhow, he said, yeah, dropping it might have been a problem, but the worst thing that could have happened is the trophy has sharp edges, and if I had clipped one of the guys on the boat, it would have been an ugly ugly parade mm. uh, anyhow he also told them that he continues and will continue playing football he says i i know i don't have a whole lot of time left but whatever i got left i'm gonna go and give it all i got so i if think you're i saw Tom the brady fan yeah all of tampa bay starters from last year are back for next year oh, yeah? too. he kind of led the way of course but gronk who had retired and came out of retirement to play is is back again all of the starters from that super bowl team are back 17 games next season and more Tom Brady. That's, <laughs> that's great. The uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Department has uh, revealed the, uh, the cause of the wreck. Tiger Woods, uh, way back there in February, and it's speeding. Probably reckless driving would be a part of that, too, because according to the investigation, Tiger was driving anywhere from about 84 to 87 miles per hour. That's 140 kilometers in our uh, way of doing things. That was at the moment when he crashed into the median, 140 kilometers an hour, crashing into the curb. That's nearly twice the posted speed limit of 45 miles an hour, which is about 70 kilometers here. And it was also a downhill curvy stretch of road. The vehicle is still traveling at 75 miles an hour or 120 kilometers per hour when it collided with the tree on the other side of the roadway more than 100 yards away. Wow. Yeah, they think he may have hit the gas instead of the brake. Mm. As well. There was an expert I saw on TV yesterday, an expert in, I guess, car accidents and car wrecks and such. And he says many times when people uh, realize they're losing control of their car and they try to, uh, to you know, either fix a swerve 
Uh, they overcompensate, they panic, and sometimes, yeah, you will end up uh, hitting the gas pedal instead of the brake, just out of pure panic. There were no signs of impairment, but there's still some questions as to whether Tiger was conscious when he crashed into the uh, median or whether he had fallen asleep or was otherwise just out of it. Tiger was dazed when the authorities first arrived, and I guess you would be, hitting a tree at 120 yeah. kilometers an hour. in your car, yeah. yeah. He doesn't remember the accident or even driving, so maybe he was in shock. But anyhow, he did um, agree to release the details, which is good because I guess there's uh, privacy. He could have said, I don't want anybody to know. It was a black box data recorder in the car, which showed that he did hit the gas and there was no pressure at all on the brake. So, Well, and this would, I, I guess, you know, you released this because there's no signs of intoxication right. or, right. Uh, and I don't know if they did, they didn't do a field sobriety, sobriety test. I know, I don't know. Mm. I guess they would have had to do some blood work before he went into surgery. Mm-hmm. But um, regardless, you know, it's, it's a speeding incident mm. uh, and not a, a further issue than that. And yeah. then, listen, he's wrong. Surprised he's not charged. He probably should be. Surprised he didn't kill somebody else. Well, glad he didn't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's going to escape with only his injuries and maybe the end of his career at the end of this as well. Yeah, have they said, is he uh, on some sort of, uh, I'm sure the ankle, because it was his ankles he broke, right? He had to have them all pinned back together right. or something. Yeah. So, I and the right one worse, I think. That's uh, That'll certainly uh, take some time to, uh, I'm sure a lot of the masters will be... Uh, There'll be talk of that. and uh, Well, there was already, they had the uh, the big champion's dinner. They they left a spot open oh, yeah? for him. Did he the, show? No, he didn't. <laughs> but they, uh, they ceremonially left a, a spot right. empty uh, for Tiger. Right. Um, I think Rory McIlroy was talking about visiting Tiger, and you know he only has his major trophies displayed in his, in his house and can't find the other ones. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you blame Bryson DeChambeau. Why do we blame him? Because now with his driver speeds, right? everyone is looking for more speed. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.